and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Yeah, it is Friday here on the Wolf and Luke Show, live from the Akjin Community Studios. Wolf, it's starting to feel like a Friday. Yes, it is. What do you mean it's starting to feel like a Friday? It didn't feel like a Friday when you woke up this no, morning? No, it did wh- Why not? I Can think, I ask? I think, this is just my theory, because... Monday this week felt like a Friday to me. Okay, yeah. And then yesterday definitely felt like a Friday with March Madness going on. Well, listen, when a Monday actually feels like a Friday, that yeah. is going to mess you no, up. No, it's messed me, me up. Trust me. From the very beginning, that was messed up, Luke. I've been walking sideways all week. Yeah. Everything's just off. Yeah, you know, I could tell. Yeah. I appreciate you <laughs> for calling it out. You know that's bull. Mm. I'm just I'm just trying to get you fired up right now, man. I I am so fired up. The tournament is underway. Uh, college basketball, uh, basketball with fans back. Oh my goodness, it just feels right, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The fans are are such an integral part of March Madness too, and we'll get more into this in a minute. But like with that that uh, St. Peter's game yesterday, any any game that might be an upset. Like 80% of the fans in the arena just turn on the favorite. Unless you went to that school, everybody just starts pulling for the underdog. So, so cool. We saw a couple good ones yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start, though, by bringing you down, Wolf. We're okay. going to start with the Cardinals. And it's not really the Cardinals so much as Kyler Murray's agents. Did you see this tweet last night? I did, as a matter of fact. Thank you very much, Maloney. So, <laughs> so I believe this was right after Devontae Adams got sent to the Raiders. Uh, and we'll get into that, too, as that division just gets insane. But this is Eric Burkhart's tweet. If you don't know who Eric Burkhart is, he is the agent of Kyler Murray. Where have you been for the last month? And uh, he's also Cliff Kingsbury's agent, which makes this all the more awkward. He tweeted out, Wait, so you're telling me teams with already paid quarterbacks can also pay highest paid wide receiver, two highly paid defensive ends, one of highest paid offensive tackles, highly paid tight end, well-paid running backs, and then also still re-up quarterback is one of the highest paid. It's a choice, a choice to try to win or not, hashtag commitment. Wow. I don't even know how he fit that all in one tweet. <laughs> you know, Follett, it's a choice. It's a choice, a choice to win. Um, you know what? I saw this, and the first thing I thought of was, uh-oh, all is not well. All is not well. It feels like a stick in the eye, does it not? Yeah, there's, I had a lot of thoughts when I when Maloney sent this. A I lot thought, of thoughts. I thought of the the sound of silence. I thought that was an indication that things were actually progressing with Kyler Murray. I said that yeah. the other day. The silence since the all-caps letter, to me, was an encouraging sign that maybe something is indeed getting done. Once again, for the record, Basin Orleans, I would not, I would not extend him this year. I'd do it next year. Next offseason. That, that is me. But again, it's easy for me to say that because I got no real skin in the game. I'm just sitting here. If I'm general manager, if I'm the head coach, if I'm the owner, that could really impact the Arizona Cardinals going forward. And it could turn sideways going forward. They've got real skin in the game. Um, that's just me. That's the record right there. I would I would do it next year, but having said that, I thought maybe negotiations were going well 
And maybe that's why there was silence. And maybe that's why news was going to break and news was going to drop that they had extended Kyler Murray. Now, all of a sudden, with this, doesn't look like things are going as well as I may have assumed. Yeah, I just, it, it really just raised a lot of questions for me. Um, one, I was where you were. I was I was pretty convinced that they were about to have a deal with Kyler Murray or they kind of already had one in, in mind, and, and that's why they're not making moves right now because they've already allocated a bunch of money to Kyler even though he hasn't signed a deal. I, I don't know how you can read this tweet from, from Kyler's agent yes. and believe that's still the case. They may still very well sign him in a week or a month, Correct. but it, it doesn't sound like they're nearly as close as I thought maybe they were. Uh, my other questions were, why does he keep doing this in public? Like, chill out, dude. It's not like there's been any games since the last, since all caps. We should start calling him all caps Burkhart. Yes. It's not like they've played games and Kyler sat out or he, or they denied him a contract. At least, I mean, I, at least not publicly. I don't know why he, he keeps doing this publicly. You can't possibly look at that and be like, well, I wonder maybe he's talking about somebody else. No way. He's talking about Kyler Murray. No, of course. There's no doubt about it. Why would Burkhart jab the Cardinals in the ribs if contract talks were going well in advancing. He would not do that. I, I think we're, we're all in agreement on that. Yeah. He would not He would not do that. I don't and know that why was he would. Aimed, that, there's no doubt about it. It was aimed at the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe he's getting pushback from the Arizona Cardinals and believes they need to be reminded of their very tenuous state right now. It's March 18th. I understand that, but obviously, once again... You're talking about your franchise quarterback. You're talking about Kyler Murray. You're talking about a guy that's been in the league three years. He won Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he's been to two Pro Bowls in the last two years. He's he's experienced great individual success. There's no doubt about that. Um, Yeah, how is this going to end right now? I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen and what's going to transpire. But once again, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I'm not doing it until next year because I think this will set a precedence. Any contract that he might sign, any contract, you could extend him six years, $240 million. You know what? Is he going to honor that contract that's, after three years? That's a great question if he has this agent. It did. It, 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 there was just a, a, a small thought in the back of my mind of as much as they need Kyler Murray and he knows it, and this doesn't sound great right now. There was a small thought of like, it does kind of sound like Steve Kimes telling him, you know what? Play out your contract like everybody else has to. And and we'll get this done next year. Like there was a part of me that's like, yeah, it's dangerous, but I, I respect that if that's what Steve Kimes doing. I really, really respect <laughs> yeah. that if that's what he's doing. <laughs> yes, it is. There's no doubt about it. It takes circumference to do that. It is dangerous, no doubt. Listen, this is just a personal thing for me, Basin Onions. It is. It should be a personal thing to all of us right now. Interject yourself into Kyla Murray's position right now. Listen, my father was a truck driver. I will tell you right now, my dad, you say, Ronnie, did you shake that man's hand? Did you look him in the eye and give him your word? Oh, my goodness. You're going to go and do exactly what you said you were going to do. Did you sign a contract, let alone a contract? Now, listen, I can tell you right now, I understand the whole thing. I do. I understand teams don't always honor their contracts. I understand that. That's been going on for a long, long time, and that is the way that it is right now. But as an individual, I can't control what a group of people actually do running a team. I can't control that. Okay, but you know what? I can control what I do Mm -hmm. as a man. One mind, one man.
I can control what I do. And because of that, Luke, this is a situation that is personal to me. I, I sign a contract. I'm going to honor that contract, period. That's just me. Yeah, no. So I have a hard time with all of this on a regular basis whenever somebody signs a contract and then doesn't honor it. I think most people driving around right now can relate to that better than however this is is, is playing out. I, I don't have a problem with Kyler Murray saying, look, I play in the NFL. I might get hurt next year. I want to get paid. But you can't. I mean, I guess you can. I don't understand why it has to play out publicly like this. This is the sort of stuff that created this perception that there is a rift between Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Now, whether that is true or not, that is the perception that's out there. And I got to be honest, Wolf, it felt like it was starting to go away, that yes. perception in the last week or two, yes. at least a little bit. And then you see this tweet and you're like, I, I mean, Kyler seems happy on social media, but his agent doesn't. Yeah. I can't imagine his agent's doing this without talking to Kyler. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. We have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. Luke Lipinski. Nice. Finally won something. Thank you. And there it is right there. Once again, this is, I understand it's Eric Burkhardt. This does not get tweeted out without Kyler Murray's okay. No, because then it gets deleted. Period. If, if Kyler's looking at that like, I don't want that. No, delete that. It gets deleted. He's the one paying the agents. You know, also, too, it just seemed weird, didn't it? The The timing was a little suspicious. Is it a little suspicious to anyone else? That All of see? the timing has been suspicious. <laughs> you know, you're right about that. I stand corrected, sir. Um... On the day that Deshaun Watson was supposed to declare his intentions, uh, on the day that Devontae Adams got traded, on St. Patrick's Day, Eric Burkhart tweets this out. It just seemed, I, I don't know, I, I threw in the St. Patty's just as a, <laughs> kind as of a like a festive, yeah. <laughs> we should have all been out partying and instead I just, we were reading this. Honestly, what is this? I mean, the, we've seen the social media scrubbing, the, the all caps letter, um, and now we see... What will forever be known, at least in the Wolfley compound, is the green tweet. The green tweet, Basinonians. Green, of course, for St. Patty's Day. That's number one. Green for money. And then green with envy, <laughs> apparently. Green for go? The green I were going. tweet. I have a feeling we're going to see more tweets from Eric Burkhardt at some point. That's just... And, and just remember this. He's Cliff Kingsbury's agent, too. <laughs> this has got to be the most <laughs> awkward dynamic right now for, for Cliff. Hey, I appreciate the money you got me and the deal you got me. Could you not subtweet? Stop. Could you stop subtweeting the team that I work for and currently coach for the next six years? All right. When we, uh, we come back, we'll get into the madness. Day two of the NCAA tournament is underway. So after just one day, how busted is your bracket? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Well, one day in, and uh, March Madness is it's in it's in full swing. Wolf. We left here yesterday, and Iowa was struggling with Richmond. And by the time I, I got to where I was going after the show, Richmond had already knocked out Iowa. Okay, it's 12 over a 5. That's, that's not crazy. That, that happens pretty much every year. Uh, Michigan yesterday, to start things off, you know, you look and you say, okay, Michigan beat Colorado State. Is that really an upset? Maybe not, but that's an 11 over a 6, so it is technically an upset. Then you had uh, New Mexico State, a 12 over a 5. So the 12s are, uh, are what now, 2-0 and in this tournament over the 5. Here we go. Um, 
St. Mary's ultimately beat Indiana, so I guess one, two and one. And then you had St. Peter's, the Peacocks. St. Peter's. Over Kentucky, a 15 over a 2. You know, when you heard St. Peter's, where did you think maybe St. Peter's was located? I, did you have any idea? Somewhere in Europe. You know, I mean, honestly. I had to I'm look it up. Down in the Florida Keys. Oh, yeah. St. Peter's, there is a Saint right? Pe- yeah, I mean, okay. just down in the Florida Keys, somewhere like that, maybe a Florida school. St. Peter's, ladies and gentlemen. Um, never did I think it was Jersey City. I think I think that would have been my, like, of all the states, that would have been my 50th guess out of 50. What a unbelievable game right there. And you knew Kentucky was in trouble. You did after a half. You knew that St. Peter's, these kids believe they had a shot. This was a classic case of, do you know who I am? I could not help it, man. This is the ultimate underdog right here. This is one of the reasons why we love the tournament. Do you know who I am? Hey, private Jesuit school. We're Kentucky, and I think we all know what's about to transpire here. Ooh, man. This is one of the reasons why my young crunk brothers, no matter where you go, no matter where athletics may take you, always rally yourself and prepare yourself correctly. Always respect your opponent and the fact that, hey, you might have five five star players out of the court. It doesn't matter. You've got to still compete. And the day you forget that is the day you go down like the Kentucky Wildcats went down. You know, it's remarkable because you said at halftime, St. Peter's knew they had a chance, right? And you're right. But a lot of times in these situations in March Madness, you see the the severe underdog. This is a severe underdog. This is not a 10 over a 7. This is a 15 over a 2. And a lot of people had Kentucky as the team with maybe like the third best chance to win this whole thing. A lot of times... When you see it at halftime and it's like, oh, that game's close, it either sinks in for the, the heavy favorite, like, okay, w- let's stop messing around, or or it's like too much for the underdog when they get into halftime and they stop playing for a minute and they just come out and lose by 28. Not the case. They fell behind, came back, forced it to overtime, and then won it overtime. Yes. I got to say, Wolf, I, I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, no. no I mean, it destroyed everybody's not. brackets, but it destroyed everybody's brackets. So who cares? Unless you had this Kentucky is, winning the whole thing, it didn't really hurt you. I, I know that. And honestly, too, I mean, it, it destroyed mine. I had Kentucky in the Final Four. Of course, well, BPI had Kentucky. 110 ranking difference. <laughs> no, it was 100. Yes, it was 114. Correct. Well, where was your BPI Saint on this Saint Peter's one? had 114 BPI. And I thought that was high. You know what? At some, <laughs> you thought I just was, kept scrolling. I was like, just oh, I, I stop it. But this is what the tournament is all about, man. I could not get over that after I was screaming at these kids. This is one thing that makes me very uncomfortable, of course, just screaming at these Kentucky players. Many of them are teenagers still. Screaming at Oh, but they were only on TV. It's not like you ran out on the floor. What are you doing? Honestly, you can't hit a free throw? Um, that... That right there, it's what the tournament is all about, man. Cinderella showed up early this year, didn't she? And she was mad. (laughs) This is what, the 10th time this has happened since 1985 or a 15 beat a 2? And you and I both said this before the show, that seems high. I don't remember a lot of 15s beating 2s. I can think of maybe like 2 off the top of my head. St. Peter's really should just like release live peacocks on the floor after a win like that. Just let them run all over the court. (laughs) Because now the way the bracket breaks down, too, it's... You know, we see one or two of these teams every year, Wolf. They go on a run. It's not just, hey, we beat Kentucky. Like, they got Murray State next. 
I would take Murray State. Yo. But it's not like they're going out there and playing Gonzaga or or Kentucky next. It's not Yo. inconceivable they make it to the second weekend. I mean, can you imagine uh, Shaheen Holloway? Can you imagine being his kid now? I mean, seriously. What a good day to be Shaheen Holloway's kid, ladies and gentlemen. Because that guy, he's getting a job. And he's yeah. getting paid. Are you kidding me? Here he is after the game. At the end of the day, you know, every team that made it to the NCAA tournament deserved to be here. Every team that made it to the NCAA tournament think that they could advance. You know, it's like you just have to be good on this night. It's, it's, it's not about your record. It's not about what school you at. It's who, who's ever good on that night. And tonight, you know, it, it was our night. You know, if this was college football, Wolf, it would have just been Kentucky, Gonzaga, U of A, Baylor. And there, yes, there would be no right, exactly. We'd have no fun. We would be like, this no, is the way it has to be. Cinderella. It's one of the reasons why they need to expand the college football playoff so we can get some Cinderella teams in, get them in, and then see if we magic can strike, lightning can strike. And it certainly did last night a couple of times. John Calipari, after the game, was not as enthusiastic for some reason. Guy that's been through a lot of these. You have an eight-point lead with three minutes to go. You win the game. So I really don't need to know, well, this guy did that and that guy did this and missed this and this and turned. We had an eight-point lead with three-some to go. I'm not taking away from St. Peter's. They deserve to win the game. They fought the entire time. But that's how I feel about it. Eight-point lead with three minutes? Sorry, John. ASU had a 14-point lead with three minutes. Eight points is nothing. So this has never happened before for John Calipari, has it? Since he's been at Kentucky, it's never happened before. The first round exit, correct? Oh, wow. This is, yeah, yeah. no, I, I believe that's the case since he's been at Kentucky. This has never happened in the opening round. A loss for John Calipari. That's crazy. You're Man. right, though. When you fill out the brackets, you, Kentucky is one of those teams you typically feel pretty comfortable that you're just like, I'll at least put them in the second round, and then we'll go from there. Like, there are some really good teams, but that they have lost in the first round a couple times over the last 10 years. You're like, okay, hold on. Is there any chance they would get upset? You're right. Calipari, that's not typically something he does. I really enjoyed Kentucky losing. I don't have anything against Calipari. No, no, just really enjoyed Kentucky not. being I'm eliminated. Totally with you once again. It's one of the reasons why we love the tournament, the underdog. And... Shaheen Holloway, once again, once again, he did a fantastic job just preparing his kids, um, preparing them for, hey, listen, I know you're up against it. I know how difficult this is going to be. But the way they came out and the way they competed with Kentucky from the very beginning, man, that first half was so important. Listen, anytime, anytime that you've got a team like St. Peter's and you know that, hey, we're going to get down at some point in this game, and will we be able to play with these guys? Will we be able to do it? Well, when they went out and established the fact in that first half that, hey, guess what? Our athleticism is matching up with Kentucky's athleticism. We're, we're in this thing. we got a chance to do this. I truly believe it's one of the reasons why. St. Peter's was able to come back from being down eight points. That, that's with the three crazy part to, to me. It, is it, like I said, you, you you play that first half strong, and then either Kentucky figures out, okay, this is what we got to do, we'll just destroy them, or it's or school like St. Peter's is like, ah, the moment's too big. And so when you fall behind by eight with like three minutes left, you would think that would kind of be it for them to come back again at that point and win the game. 
Yeah, I get what Calipari is saying. You got to win that game if you're Kentucky. You should never even have been in that position. But that does say something about St. Peter's. It's not. Yes. It's not just. I don't look at this as just hey Kentucky lost. That was a pretty impressive performance by the Peacocks. But once again, going in at halftime, the the conversation in that locker room had to be hey hey we can play with these guys. Yeah. We can play with these guys. Our athleticism is holding up. We can we can play with these guys. The, the belief going into that tunnel after that first half had to be so high. And then to be able to go out and actually seal the deal. Oh, my goodness. In a pressure-packed situation, I think so much of that was predicated on the fact that they believed they could play with those guys and proved it Hopefully in the first half. Somebody's either sending uh, the, the, vo- the video footage of that or they're just sending the coach over to talk to Wright State before the game against U of A today. But... Uh... I don't think that's going to happen. I think U of A is going to win by 87 points today. But you know what? You know every underdog coach. Every underdog yeah. coach, they're they're pointing to St. Peter's. Yeah. And they're saying, look, Richmond as well. That's true. Look, it can happen. It's what this tournament is all about. It just became a much tougher tournament for the favorite, if you ask me. I think so, too, unless you are the favorite who takes care of business the first couple rounds, and then you look around, and usually in that second weekend, when you are when you are a really good team and you see St. Peter's and these other Cinderella's that got through the first week, they tend to get weeded out in the second weekend, but yeah, you're right. Any any coach of an underdog oh. today should be pointing, that's a 15 oh. beating a 2 that some They're people thought be should have been a 1. Trust me on that one. Alright, uh, when we come back... More craziness in the AFC West. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Devontae Adams is headed to Vegas. So what does that mean in that division? That's just a complete arms race at this point. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Twice yesterday, Wolf, after the show, I had to do a double take. You know how it is. Like, you work in sports for a while. There's not a whole lot that surprises you. Yeah. St. Peter's beating Kentucky surprised me. Okay, that's shocking. Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. Shocking. Yeah. Frying pan to the face. Shocking. Yeah, like, I I seriously looked at my phone. A double take. Looked at my phone again. (laughs) Looked at my phone a third time. (laughs) The people that were with me were like, what's wrong with you? Yes. I stood up, I believe, at the time and threw my hands into the air and said, Devontae Adams? Like you just didn't care? Yes. Okay. Well, not like I just didn't care. No. I did care. No. I always care. Okay. Never forget that. Oh, but that doesn't run. Always. <laughs> no. Um, I could not believe it right there. And the very first thing I thought of, of course, was Aaron Rodgers knew. Had to, right? <laughs> Had to. Okay, you're going to sign him? Wait a minute. You're going to sign him to a $50 million a year contract? Four-year, $200 million deal. That's what you're going to do, and he has no idea whatsoever you're not going to sign Devontae Adams. Oh, no. And Aaron Rodgers said, to his credit, that he did now. They had nobody. I shouldn't say nobody, but they don't. I mean, this this is a... I don't know what it is. Is it a cautionary tale about if you pay your quarterback too much, suddenly your receiving room is Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Malik Taylor? Now those guys may end up being good. 
Cobb has been in the past. Lazard's not bad. I don't know as much about Malik Taylor. They're playing with Aaron Rodgers, so I'm guessing he's going to make them better, and they're going to develop, and maybe they add somebody. But it's hard to not to look at this wolf and not think, well, when you give one guy that much and your sport has a salary cap, you're going to get hurt somewhere else. Yes. Did you hear the story, though? Did you hear the rumor that is out there that the Green Bay Packers offered Devontae Adams... The same yeah. contract is what the Raiders I, offer. Yes, did hear that. So, okay, so Luke, that tells me Devontae Adams just did not want to play for the Green Bay Packers. He was done being in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's what I think. Just a guess. Yeah. I'm throwing it out there, but stop and think about it. It makes sense, because then Aaron Rodgers could say what? Hey, listen, you know what? Devontae's gone. I know Devontae doesn't want to be here. Devontae Adams does not want to be here. Um, Yeah, they're going to offer him a contract, but he's, he doesn't want that contract. He wants to go somewhere else. And you know what? Okay, good. So Devontae's not going to be here. I'm going to hit the Packers up for a four-year $200 million. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to do, because I'm going to get the golden parachute going out and if Devontae's not here, well, that's what happens in the NFL. He had to have known, of course, and because of that, maybe he didn't worry about sticking him for a four-year, $200 million deal, knowing Devontae Adams was not going to play there. Is that a possibility? Is yeah. that why he said, I don't care. I'm going after mine. I'm going to get mine because I know Devontae Adams is going to be gone. That's a real possibility. Yeah, I just I don't know how if you're Aaron Rodgers, you can look at Green Bay as a situation where you have a better chance to win than those other teams. Now, granted, Denver's in the AFC West. Uh, the Titans are in the AFC. Who was the other one? Pittsburgh is in the AFC. And at the time, Tom Brady wasn't playing, so maybe you saw an easier path through the NFC. And I'm sure if you're Aaron Rodgers, you think, that's fine, I can do it with Lazard and Cobb. I don't need Devontae Adams to win. But from my perspective, Wolf, the Packers just got worse yesterday, oh, losing no maybe the, the, the best receiver in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. They just got worse. But once again, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are buds. They're boys. They talk. You don't think they've they've had this conversation? I think Devontae Adams, and I think based on the fact he got offered the same contract, I think he wanted he just wanted out of Green Bay, period. And do you think Aaron Rodgers knew that? Yes. So I finally found the stat I keep referencing. Um the 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 last whatever, ten Super Bowl champs, what percentage of the cap their quarterback was taking? Yeah. It's it's the highest it ever was in the last ten years was Brady in twenty twenty. He was he it was a, it was twelve percent of the cap okay. that Tampa Bay had. Wow, which is you know, it's high, but yeah. it's not as high. Right, <laughs> like a lot of these, it's I mean, while wow, Nick Foles was less than one percent, but like Mahomes when the Chiefs won, he was taking up two point three eight percent of the cap. Brady in twenty sixteen eight point six seven percent of the cap. Okay. A lot of this every other year. Is Brady taking less money because he wants another ring, and then it pays off? It's either that, or it's like Russell Wilson, half of a percent of the cap when the Seahawks won because they had him on his rookie deal. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. There's a certain point when you're paying your quarterback too much money, you can't put a team around him. Brady did this for years. He did. Tom Brady would restructure his contract. He would not ask for the moon, even though he was entitled to the moon, if you ask me. He did it for years. Yeah. Based on what you're telling me right now, it's backing that up to some degree. Brady's fifth Super Bowl. So in 2016, he was making 
8.8% of, of New England's cap. There you go. Maybe I should send this to Eric Burkhart. <laughs> it's not all in caps, though, so I guess I don't know. I'll have to translate That was pretty it. good by you, but that, really, that was well done. Him. Yeah, thank you. Um, once again, though, I, I think this is proof of what I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers was like, okay, you know what? Maybe the Super Bowl thing is not going to be around here too much more, but I'm in position to make a lot of money, like $200 million over my last four seasons. Does that make sense? Hey, maybe we can still compete. I'm sure you could talk yourself into believing you still could compete. You're Aaron Rodgers, after all. And in that division. Yeah. They still can compete, All you got to do is get into the playoffs, and then Crazy Carl can happen, of course. I think Crazy Carl's actually their fourth receiver right now. And you know what? Not only that, too. I think the Packers, when you look at their running back room, um, AJ Dillon, don't get me started. Okay, My, I didn't. I didn't say anything I, this time. I would have considered it a massive honor to get in a three point stance in front in front of that dude and just run an ISO. And taken my forehead and stuck it right on somebody's chin. Sorry about that. I know, coaches, that's not the way we're coaching it anymore. But, man, did that feel good. Can I just tell you, like Rock'em Sock'em Robot. It felt really, really good. Google it, my young crunks, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um... Getting in front of A.J. Dillon and knowing that was like Jerome Bettis. Here comes the bus. You knew the bus was coming. I think the Green Bay Packers are still going to win that division, even without oh, Devontae yeah. Adams. I 100% agree with you there. It's, it, this doesn't like destroy them, but when you start to put them up against other teams that could win the Super Bowl... Now, what works in Green Bay's favor is a lot of those teams that could win the Super Bowl are in the AFC. Specifically, Wolf, they're in the AFC West, and... If you told me today I got to pick who wins the AFC West, I think I got to let it settle. I have to let it settle, man. I got to process every move that has been made there. I, I think I'd still take the Chiefs, but that gap is minuscule now. Everybody has made up ground on them. It's not like the Chiefs have gone out and improved at all this offseason. Now, granted, they are a perennial Super Bowl contender. I understand it gets tougher to improve when you're at that point. But the Raiders have gotten a lot better. The Broncos have gotten a lot better. The Chargers have gotten a lot better. If you were just ranking the teams and, and you and you set aside the fact that they got to play teams in their division twice, and you were just ranking who are the best teams in the NFL on paper right now, all four of those teams are in the top ten, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing that's going to hold them back yeah. or one of them back is is you know if you're Denver, you got to play the Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs six times. Same thing for all those teams. But if if this was just a 32 team division. Those might be like four of the top seven teams. It's unbelievable. And and now it sounds like the Raiders might be in on Stephon Gilmore, too. That's an offseason. You get Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones and potentially Stephon Gilmore mm-hmm. and Josh McDaniels as your coach. Yeah, you know, I, I, I honestly, the Raiders defense, I think, could be the perkiest. They could. They could be the most dangerous as well. They've got some excellent edge rushers. Isn't that right, Chan? Okay, I'm just saying. Go back and look at the tape. Chan, sure, he had ten and a half sacks. Five actually came in the first week. We all understand that, ladies and gentlemen. But if you go back and you look at it, once again, even at 32, Chan was impacting games. And I think a change of scenery will allow him to impact even more games going forward. This is this is going to be a fascinating division to watch because of not only all the quarterbacks in the division, but the firepower on the perimeter and then on the edge. 
What a deadly combination that is defensively. Max Crosby there on the yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Defensively coming off of the edge. This division is loaded with edge rushers. And yet, it's loaded with receivers and quarterbacks yeah. as well. This gonna is going to be fascinating. This is, is going. I don't. Yes. I don't remember a division this loaded at those positions specifically. Okay, you got four of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Cool. We've got some of the best edge rushers in the NFL. You can just set that division aside. And uh, I think it was Field Yates that tweeted out even before this trade yesterday. The Monday Night Football schedule is just two AFC West teams playing each other eighteen times. <laughs> The weather's getting warmer. Arizona sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you that two seconds is too long to take your eyes off your kids around water. For life-saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA, text SWIM to 620-620. Coming up, the Phoenix Suns are back in action tonight against the Bulls. So what should we expect from this one? We're going to ask Suns broadcaster for Valley Sports, Kevin Ray. Next, it's game day with K-Ray, the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Yeah, not much of a break for the Phoenix Suns tonight. Right back at it, this time against the Chicago Bulls, a team they've already beaten once this season. This one is at Footprint Center tonight. They only have four home games left, Wolf. They only have 12 regular season games left. Joining us on the 72-sold sports line right now is Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. It's game day with K-Ray. Uh, K-Ray, how's it going? How's your bracket looking? Did you have St. Peter's winning at all? I did. Okay. Uh, had them all the way to the final four. Didn't have them win at all, but all the way to the final four. Uh, that's that's smart. You want to be oh yeah, moderation. Goodness. Okay, you know what? Forget about the final four, okay? Let's talk a little bit about what happened in Houston. What was your favorite thing? When you think of the win, of course, beating Houston, what was your favorite thing about that win? Oh, man. Um it, that one that's tough because there were so many favorites out of that game. I I, I guess you, I just have to say that you know you had four of the five starters who were just playing at an absolute ridiculous clip, and really all five. I mean, because in some regards, you know, Cam's scoring numbers were down, campaign, mm-hmm. but it's just because he he. You know, delivered such a balanced effort. We we keep using that word with Cam, especially over the last four or five games. It really does feel like, as a starter, he's understood and you know, kind of grasped the importance of slowing down and wow. recognizing what's going on around him. And and he just kept feeding the ball to his guys, you know. Um, but Tory getting the start, and we've seen Tory now three straight games. Looks like he's got his shooting touch back. And then, you know, M- Mikhail, I, it's like I say Mikhail's name now, and I just laugh because you, you think of all the different facial expressions. But he's just this absolutely silly, goofy, funny assassin that he goes out on the floor and just, you know, finds ways to annihilate opponents. D.A., and then, oh, yeah, that guy Book with just another, you know, a ho-hum 30-point night. 30 night. <laughs> Talking to Kevin Ray. Uh, okay, Ray, you, you brought up Torrey Craig, and he goes out there. And they have to put him in the starting lineup, so he gives him uh, 21 points on perfect <laughs> shooting and uh, 14 rebounds. And, you know, he was one of those guys, when they went out and they got him, 
uh, you know, he, one of the first things he said was, yeah, it just feels like at home. Like, I feel like I'm just coming home and I feel like I never left. Are you surprised at all with how seamless his transition was to being right back on the Phoenix Suns midway through the season? No, not at all. Um, in fact, I mean, you, you go back to last year when they picked him up, and, and it was if Tory was made and built for this team. Um, and, he, and he's right. It, it, all season long, uh, even when Tory was in a Pacers uniform, and you go back to when the Suns, you know, played Indiana there, and Chris and Book, uh, I think even McHale said something about they almost threw Tory the ball a couple times even though he was wearing, you know, a distinctly different colored jersey. that That's just the way they feel about him. Feeling is mutual, so I, I am not surprised at all. You know, for me, Kay, honestly, um, the Houston game, it just was further evidence, and it's not like we need any more evidence of this team and how good they are and the way they go about their business and the chemistry. But the fact they went out there, a back end of a road back-to-back, the Rockets, by the way, had beat the Grizzlies and the Lakers over the last five games. Now, I know the Lakers, and we're not going to get all jacked up about that, right? But you had no... Chris Paul, no Cam Johnson, no Jay Crowder, and you still went out there and hammered the team the way that you should have. It just speaks to the professionalism, once again, that exists inside that locker room, and I will continue to marvel at it. I'm sorry, my brother. Yeah, you, 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 you use the word evidence. Look, if this was an episode of CSI, the show would be over. <laughs> because it is a mountain of evidence. And, and yet, you know, I, I just continue to, to laugh and, and at the same time be frustrated. You know, they get these wins. And I know we sound like, you know, sour grapes here, but, uh, you, you know, the, the next, that night and the next morning, it's always talk of somebody else, another team, or you know why why the Lakers continue to struggle. You know, sixty five games into the season, but it you know we can be frustrated by it. But the way this team is built, the way they are wired, they're just like okay, we're taking notes. You know, it's kind of like book called the, the Sore Losers Tour. They're just taking notes. You know, they're they're going to remember <laughs> all the times they have been overlooked by virtually everybody um, throughout the course of this season. And, you know, they, they continue to be the number one team in the league, yet when it comes to the highlights and talking about teams who, who have a legitimate shot, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. You know, keep an eye on them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kay, though, once again, uh, it, it is the system. It's who they are. It is their culture. I talk about it all the time. Did you see the stat muse stat on the Suns? Even with Chris Paul out, the Suns have the most assists by team since the All-Star oh, yeah. break. I mean, yeah. just stop it! Yeah, just, Who, who would have banked think, on think that? About, Not me. Yeah, think about that. Um, but, it, you know, we, we keep talking about the, the type of players that James and Monty bring in here. And you can go down that roster to a man and go, Yep, makes sense. Yep, you, you you don't have a single guy yep. who is out there pounding the chest. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I mean, th- this team really does play for one another. Javale said it on the post game show the other night, and it you know it comes to fruition every single night. 
Okay, right. We, we uh, the Steph got hurt the other night in that Golden State game. One of my first thoughts was, you know, if if he's hurt, obviously the Warriors are in trouble. Now it sounds like he'll be back for the playoffs, but you can't help but look around and say, okay, what other teams in this could realistically actually win the title? Like, not be good and and make a deep run, but actually win the title. And I don't know where to come out on the team the Suns are playing tonight, the Chicago Bulls. What do you make of them? Yeah, it, it, this has been an interesting group because there are nights that they, when they look like, wow, I mean, this is a team that you would not want to, want to mess with. But conversely, you look at their struggles. Um, I mean, they got, they got beat up the other night pretty good. And granted, they have not been at full strength for some time now because ball remains sideline. They just get Alex Caruso back. He missed a ton of games, you know, 30-plus games. He obviously has not looked right yet. It's probably going to take him another week or so. But you look at them, they, they are 3-17 and 17 against the top five teams in the two conferences. So that, that means Miami, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Utah, Dallas. So you look at that and you're like, man, it, it, is it just window dressing? And I don't think it is, but for whatever reason, they've just not been able to beat those top clubs. Now, having said that, they got a couple guys that can beat you individually, and that is, you know, DeMar DeRozan. And tonight, I just encourage fans, you know, either listen or watch, but this will be a master class in the mid-range because you have the game's two best in Devin Booker and DeMar DeRozan. But between DeRozan, Zach Levine, and, you know, you got Vucevic, a big man in the middle who can dial up a double-double any time, you certainly don't want to overlook them. And that's the, the credit to this team is they, they just haven't done that very often this season. Okay, Kevin, thank you, man. Great Appreciate stuff as always, you, brother. Man. You got it, fellas. Have a great weekend. Okay, man. You too. Thanks a lot. That's Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com. Yeah, he's uh, that last point right on, right? DeMar DeRozan is like the Eastern Conference Devin Booker when it yeah. comes to the mid-range, and he's having a great season, too. Coming up, the Cardinals have been really quiet the last 24 hours in free agency. Is that alarming, or does it show their confidence in last year's group? We'll debate that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.